Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. You don't have to scoop to anyone. Right. Even it, your mom, you know, when she's <laughs> going to pop eight, then you're going to pop around, man. So we're going... <laughs> we moved into the balls D portion of the <laughs> There's some things you just can't buy in Vermont. It's like like Mex- Mexican there, food, you can't buy Mexican food. <laughs> I'm round. Nothing's ever gonna keep me down. And scene. Do we apologize to that, the listeners? Does, does that make it in? I hope not. Okay. Good, Pat, do up an intro. Alright. Don't deny the listeners my beauty. <laughs> You, yeah, you have a wonderful face for radio. I do have a wonderful <laughs> face for radio. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy, your leading uh, Magic the Gathering Legacy New England podcast with three dudes. Wow, you're, you're really setting yourself that. up to fail with that intro. That is a <laughs> tongue twister if I ever heard one. <laughs> Did you say leading? Leading, yeah. You're, you're like number one. Leading in the polls. Oh, my God. Uh, and all the straw one. polls. That's all right. They usually fix elections. Yeah. <laughs> Plus or minus like a 3% error of margin. So you know how that goes. We're, uh, we're the Donald Trump of, uh, of podcasts. <laughs> what? That's, I hope not. We're the I hope we're not that hateful. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a little bit of hate because, you know, we're old, but the what? not too much hate. Not too much. We're the what of podcasts? We're the, we're the Donald Trump of podcasts. Oh, I thought you said the dial-up. <laughs> it's not the 90s anymore no one has no one even knows what dial up is anymore adrian <laughs> yeah when video games were text oh <laughs> uh, what's going on guys not much how you doing i'm excited I'm... about this band list I'm like, he, won't, oh. he won't shut up about it <laughs> I thought we were just going to gloss over it this entire time, because it doesn't really affect Legacy, but... You're full of shit. Okay, let's dive right in. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about it. So, uh, uh, do you guys want to talk about the leg- the uh, vintage one first? Let's talk about sure, the, let's talk about the Legacy section first. first. Okay, the Legacy section. Alright, we're done. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> For if you haven't seen, I, no, no, I think... no changes to the Legacy section. Yeah. Uh, I think that's fine, honestly. Like, I don't mind them not changing it. There's another... The- there's another BNR update in June, and if they want to evaluate it then, that's fine, but, I, I mean, Legacy's, Legacy's just the healthiest format around, like, yeah. it's just self-correcting, it, it, you know what I mean, like, honestly, like, I think that it does a really good job of just keeping everything in check. True, I agree with that. You know? Um, but anyway, um, yeah, so nothing changed in Legacy, um, they did restrict Lodestone Golem in Vintage, which is a big deal for Workshops players, I guess, I don't really follow Vintage too much, but I don't yeah. know if you had anything to add to that. I don't really know anything about the vintage meta, but everyone on Twitter, especially like Sam Black, has been uh, pretty upset with how dominating uh, shops is in the meta. So yeah. people were hoping that they were going to restrict a uh, workshop. Yeah, but you can't. Like, I think like you know, vintage is the last bastion of places to be able to play like the most broken of stuff. And can you imagine the outcry if they if they restrict or ban a thousand dollar card versus like a ten dollar card? Yeah, everyone you know, who has a workshop deck is suddenly priced out of the most expensive format. <laughs> right, yeah, and all of a sudden, like, you have $4,000 worth of Mishra's workshops that are probably not not 
you know, not crashing in value, but significantly less worth. You know, I mean, I mean if you restrict it, then they sell three of them, right? Yeah. No, no, they 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 have they can play one if they restrict. Now, what Adrian's saying is if they re- if they restricted workshops, all of a sudden every yeah. workshops player sells three of their four. Well, that and that that's the thing is like yeah, and the, and the demand for anyone getting into the format becomes you know you only need one of this card. So if the demand drops drastically, and like let's be honest, like work you know uh, Mister's Workshop getting restricted in vintage wouldn't like wouldn't drive a lot of people into the format. <laughs> into the paid yeah. format at least. Oh, so, like, suddenly it's affordable. Huh. Yeah, so so all of a sudden you have all these people who have three copies of the card that they can't use, and I'm sure they wouldn't. They would have a problem getting rid of them. So I think that price would tank. But that is not what happened. They yeah, just restricted. They restricted Lowstone Golem and almost sounds. Uh, yeah, that sounds like trying to make an argument that banning Treasure Cruise brings people into Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, that's the case. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't. Did people actually make that argument? No, but that's what I'm just trying. The, oh, I see. The only thing that I can see. That yeah, I yeah. No, I, I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. So anyway, but the the big shakeup was in in modern, uh, where they banned uh, Ayavugan. Is that, is that right? Yep. Sure. And uh, which should, should kind of effectively not nuke, but at least neuter the Eldrazi deck. And they unbanned uh, ancestral vision, which is a big deal. Um, maybe that will lead to an actual control deck in the format. And they unbanned Sword of the Meek. So I'm sure you guys want to talk about the... <laughs> I feel like you guys know about the Thopter Foundry Sword of the Meek deck. Oh, the man, my, deck. my stacks my stacks of Sword of the Meek and Thopter Foundry is just like quadrupled in price overnight. <laughs> so Quadrupled? Yeah, probably more than that. It's like a thousand times increase. <laughs> yeah, I went, I went, I've been trying to put together a Sword Thopter deck for a long fucking time, and I could always find swords, but I could never find Thopter Foundry. And I just kept fucking looking around all the different stores. Any uncommon shards of Alara Thopter found? Like, fucking none. And I could never find any, but I could always, always, always find Sword of the Meek. And now fucking Sword of the Meek, I was just seeing it sold out at 15 anyway. Yeah. It was like 50 cents every time I tried to find them, and I could get like... Tons of Sword of the Meeks, just can't find a Thopta Foundry. But the other one I was actually thinking about was really Ancestral Visions, because I want to put, um, you know, one of the decks I want to put back together is Shardless Bug. Yeah, so Shardless... Oh, you're excited that it's more expensive to put it together now. I know, yeah. right? I kind of am. Why? You're a psycho, I love it. What? No, that they're more expensive? Yeah, why not? It's why? terrible. Why, why, is you... it, why is it terrible? That they're more expensive? Yeah. Because I don't own any. <laughs> yeah, but do you even want them? I I mean I've I've thought about putting Charles together. Yeah, well, but I'll so, probably put it together and then immediately take it apart to well, get no. more cards for Delver. So yeah, which kind of I don't know. I mean that's your choice. Like, start, I mean, well, that's start, what I do with Tinfin. Start, I'm just start, saying I make bad decisions. That's what I, I just, just start I, with the lands and be fine. I don't think it's healthy that already. I think Charles Bug is is hands down the most expensive deck to put together in Legacy, and it no. just it just yeah. I mean name a deck that's more expensive than Charles. Lands. Uh, more expensive than lands. Even with the tabernacles, Shardless Bug still reigns supreme in that area, and it just became $300 more expensive with the playset of Ancestral Visions because they all went up $50 a piece, $60 a piece. Oof. Well, they're all 50 bucks. They'll come. They'll come back down though. I don't think. The, I don't think that's a, a spike that will stay. Yeah, that's, that's, just, well, actually, that's just people. That's people paying like the the eager tax. You know, yeah, yeah people I mean, who want it now they, and don't want to wait. The only decks that I know of that cascade in fucking uh, modern is like Living End, I think. Isn't that what it is? And then uh, Restore Balance. Yeah, but what it is... Or Escape Shift, right? People, no, new, decks, new decks are already being brewed. Like, apparently there's like Goblin Dark Dwellers people were talking yeah. about. 
Sure. It's just a creature. It's like three red red for a three four. But when well, it comes into play, you can cast a uh, instant or sorcery card from your graveyard for. Uh, yeah, I think it just you cast it. So the way. It's yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how ex- how like exciting that is a five minute creature in modern. Like, oh no, uh, of course not. Like people, you are know, like uh, here, but it's just like people are brewing. How's, yeah. How about conspiracy theory? Want some conspiracy theory? What, oh yeah, of course. Oh, right. You're talking about a card name. I'm like, there's a card. Yeah, I was conspiracy like, what's conspiracy theory? <laughs> yeah, it's in the new set. Conspiracy. <laughs> no, no, conspiracy theory though. Uh, here's here's my spoiler because I, I I was subtly not given three spoilers to Eternal Masters as Shardless Agent, Hypergenesis, and Ancestral Visions. Yeah, I can see oh. that. I would still win our bet though because we were in agreement that if they unbanned a card, it didn't count. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Actually, I mean, it'd be kind of. I mean, they could do since it's Eternal Masters. They could put like Bloodbraid Elf in it. Yeah, I mean, that's what people were thinking that we were going to get a Bloodbraid Elf unbanned this this time around. But now that Ancestral Visions is unbanned, I just don't see Bloodbraid Elf ever being unbanned. Oh, I think it could be. I don't know about ever, but I think it could be. Okay. I, I just think it's, it's pretty cool. Like, when, when was the last time Modern unbanned anything? Like they're stuff so precious with that very format. Neutral. Yeah, go guys. Like two two okay. bannings ago. Okay, yeah. So yeah. So, but I mean, like that's just. I should say that it's not the norm for them to unban things in modern, right? Like yeah, it, no, it is. They certainly more. They certainly ban things more than they unban them. So it seems like I don't know if this is true or if I just dreamed it, but I I remember reading somewhere that they're trying to keep the ban list like in equilibrium, like for every. Every card they take off, they put on and cycle decks and shit. Yeah, like they're trying to. They're trying to, you know, make it a little more fluid. I don't think that they've come out and said anything like that, so I wouldn't take too much to heart with that. Yeah, I probably just dreamed that. So. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I think it too. That may, that may be something that someone said that they think they're doing, but I, I can tell you that I haven't seen anything from Watsi saying that they tried to it's you know, cycle things on and off the ban list. I know we made a joke about doing it in Legacy, like taking something off the ban list and putting something on the ban list, but yeah. I think... Uh, I mean, I think Legacy is easily the format that is most likely to have unbannings, just because the Legacy ban list is so old and out of style. Yeah. World of Courage Dragon. <laughs> yes. Well, that, uh, that, that did get unbanned, didn't it? Yeah, but it's, yeah, like, that, that, one... that was just kind of the poster child of it. There's still plenty of other right. ones out there. Right, right. I'm, I'm looking at you, Earthcraft. <laughs> <laughs> I still love Lantax. Yeah. Didn't really do anything when I got unbanned, though. Oh, I did. I just didn't do anything much with it. <laughs> just because just you didn't see it in Top 8 didn't mean it wasn't doing anything. <laughs> Adrian just running the uh, X and 3 tables with Lantax. <laughs> oh, I, was, yeah, I was doing all sorts of fucked up shit. Um, but, yeah, um, so, so that was, I mean, it was very interesting news. It seemed like... I mean, everyone knew the, the Eldrazi band was coming, so I've just been waiting for that so that I can start picking up pieces to... Uh, the uh, Eldrazi Stompy deck in, in Legacy. Yeah, um, it looks like we're going to get an influx of Eldrazi players because I've talked to a lot of people who are like, yep, just waiting for that Eldrazi price drop when it gets banned in Modern, then I'm going to put it together for Legacy. And yep. all, all the Eldrazi players who put it together for Modern are now like, oh, I can pretty much just port this exact deck over uh, to Legacy. You know what? I, I'm going to say this. Um, people who play Modern, I don't think are looking for a way to get into Legacy. I think people who play Modern like the Modern format. I think I think that people who are playing modern will sell off their like their they'll er, excuse me people who are playing modern will sell off their Eldrazi pieces. I don't think that they're going to be looking to pick up. Um, I, I don't think they're looking to pick up wastelands. They're not going to be picking up 
ancient tombs and uh, city of traders and. I, I I disagree with that because I feel that there's two camps of modern. Like one camp is very much what you're saying. You know, they're the competitive modern players. They play modern because right. it's a competitive format, the same way that they play standard. That it's competitive format. They like going to. They want their goal is to go to the modern pro tour. But there are other people who play modern because they can't keep up with standard and they can't afford to get in to buy into legacy right off the bat. And so modern is kind of their placeholder while they build their collection and slowly transition into legacy. Because I talk to modern players all the time who are like, oh yeah, I really want to play legacy, but I'm just doing this for the meantime and I'm slowly putting together this other deck on the side. And modern is just kind of my bide my time deck. Yeah, mm, I mean, you know... Bad. My yeah, I was gonna say like my experience was I went right from standard into legacy. You know, what I mean? think there's so, a th- I think there's a third type of person, which I'm surprised that Jerry missed too. Who? There's a person who just plays legacy but has a deck together for modern. Well, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not just you. <laughs> no, I'm the only one. No, I, I mean like, I, I will play modern sometimes if I want to sit down and play Merfolk. Yeah. You know, you'll you've got storm build for modern. There's there's certain there's certain decks that I'll play in modern, but I think the Eldrazi deck. Um, its target, its target market, I guess, seem to be the guys who want to play modern extremely competitively, and like you said, they could go to the modern pro tour or whatever. So they want to play the the deck of hype, which is, which to me seems, um, I mean, it's, it's a choice, of course, but I, I just see, I see a large group of people who want to play legacy, but they don't want to play burn, they don't want to play merfolk, they want to play a highly competitive tier one deck and not have to settle for what decks that they can afford, and Eldrazi is kind of that bridge that they can cross now. You know, there's also, I mean, there's, there are people who play modern specifically, like, even, I, I know a couple of guys anyway, who have, who have and have had extensive legacy collections and had an extensive legacy history, but would rather play modern because it's not as, um, it's not as broken. Yeah. It's not. It's not as busted as Legacy, and they don't enjoy what Those Legacy are the people does. I don't understand. <laughs> 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 like I'm just like why? Like my friend Mike is that way. Like he played like I mean he played Burn for the longest time, so I can kind of understand. And then he's just like, yeah, I like playing Burn. I like playing Modern because it gives me more choices. And I just I'm like, but it doesn't. It gives you it gives yeah, that's different choices, that's but they're less. Way. And it's just like yeah. because you. I mean, ah. I, I don't want to get, you know, beat this horse any further, but I just don't, I don't understand that line of thinking. I, I, I don't think that Modern has a wider variety of decks that can make the top eight, whereas Legacy, I think, has, a, a, like, a multiple more than, than Modern does. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, I mean, good news for Modern. Looks like it should, should check out the format. Um, everyone kind of knew, you know, when Splinter Twin got banned, um, it seems like Eldrazi just came in and just started wrecking house uh, because that came along with the the you know the uh, release of uh, not Battle for Zendikar whatever the next oh, one was Gatewatch yeah exactly Gatewatch so that's when the, that's when the kind of Eldrazi deck took over so we haven't actually seen what modern what Wizards expected modern to look like post Splinter Twin ban mm-hmm. um, so hopefully we see like an actual control deck in modern because there just isn't one right now yeah uh, uh, people have been brewing with uh, you know Tezzeret. Which is all, mm-hmm. which is also a legacy deck. Um, so people are and trying lantern. To, yeah, lantern control. But <laughs> I, I like the idea of people porting over uh, Tezzeret, blue black Tezzeret control over to modern with a uh, uh, Thopter Foundry combo. 
Um, yeah. I, I think it'd be cool. I mean, also cards like Time Sieve have gone up to like $20, which is an artifact for a blue and a black, and that's tap, sacrifice five artifacts, take an extra turn. So you make five tokens with Thopter Foundry and then take an extra turn and go infinite. And there are probably a bunch of those in the dollar rare box. Yep, I mean, I have some. I have some in my, like, uh, in my, like, commander decks because it was just a cool thing to do with Thopter Foundry. And <laughs> it's just all these random cards, like Tezzeret spiked, obviously Thopter Foundry, Swords, Visions all spiked, but all these other random cards are spiking up as people are brewing with them. I think people are more, I think people are also buying them out too. Like, people are oh, making moves on stuff. Oh, yeah. Because I, I would hope the brewers are like testing before they just go and like buy a play sets of stuff because you know it's just out of utility. I can't see sort of well. I guess yeah, it's a separate format. Yeah, I was just thinking just out of utility. I can't see sort of the meek maintaining a price tag equal to top. Yeah, well, it's also just like um, uh, I think it was like Maddie Studios on Twitter pointed this out. The last time sort of the meek Thopter Foundry was legal in you know extended or modern. Uh, Abrupt Decay wasn't printed, Rest in Peace wasn't printed, Colagon's Command wasn't printed. There's just all these hate cards now, so I think it, yeah. I think it'll be not anything to write home to mother about with the young yeah, things. To write home to mother. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Want to make it proper, okay? <laughs> We're a you know, classy hope, podcast. Hopefully, it makes a uh, hopefully it makes a deck that's worthwhile, that's worth playing. Um, right. But I don't well, I don't think it's going to be like oh the next big thing in in uh in modern is that deck. Yeah, I, I, it could make a deck worth playing. It's still a format that's not, I don't know, to me. Man. All right, are we done talking about modern already? Yeah, yes. I just wanted to talk about the ban list, the yeah, bandings, so. and how it affected legacy. Since, Mostly since we're uh, ancestral visions. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I think I'm, I'm pretty excited for that card in in, uh, in modern. Hopefully, they unban Bloodbraid Elf and give hopefully, them some real uh, stuff to cascade. Hopefully, they reprint Shardless Agent Standard. I yeah. think not, not in standard, but I think there's a strong chance the Shardless Agent could be in Eternal uh, Masters. Yeah, or either that or Conspiracy. Yeah, I'm so I'm just, so hyped for the master set. Like, I, I was just, just thinking, you know, they're not going to do Eureka. They could do Show and Tell, but they could easily do Hypergenesis for no reason. <laughs> I, I don't know enough about that card to make a call. Hyper, yeah, Hypergenesis. It's a, it's um, it's like Eureka, but you cascade into it. It casts oh, okay. it casts like Ancestral Visions, but then you both have just keep putting permanents down. Oh, it was it was a deck for a little while. We're like, yeah, I remember Jerry. Start. I remember looking at like an old YouTube video of Jerry T was on that deck. Yeah. It was it was a sweet deck. Yeah, it was a sweet deck until somebody stifles the Cascade trigger. There's right. A, there's a hilarious video somewhere of Jerry T in the top eight of a Star City Games playing Hypergenesis until he goes up against Mud, and he puts in, like, Mirror Battlesphere, and then his opponent puts in, uh, wow, what's the, uh, what, what's the golem that's, like, 11-11 Infect? Blightsteel oh, Colossus. Blightsteel Colossus. Blightsteel yeah, Colossus. so <laughs> Jerry D's just like, oh, okay, you win this one. <laughs> It's like m- the mud player just like matches him and then surpasses him. <laughs> uh, uh, did anyone actually even play Legacy this week? There wasn't a lot of Legacy. Well, I was thinking have. like you know since we're a Legacy no, podcast, it was a pre-release. Yeah, since since we're a Legacy podcast, let's get let's go deep on um on uh, uh, Swords over Innistrad, over Innistrad sealed. That's <laughs> yeah. what we all played. Right? Limited. Let's talk about limited. <laughs> yeah, um, that, if you want, but I'm not like that was. Oh, jeez, what, what the hell was it? What what'd you get? You guys went and did pre-release. What was it twenty five? Yeah, uh, I paid thirty bucks and got a lot of value out of the out of the pre-release. So and Jerry, how much was your pre-release? Uh, mine was also thirty. 
Oh, gee. Okay. All right. I, I got value. I mean, I went there wanting to open either Thing in the Ice or Gitmog Monster, and I got Gitmog Monster in my sealed pool, and then I got Thing in the Ice out of my prize packs. So I was a happy nice. camper. I opened up. I think. Oh, my God. Thing of the Ice is that much? It, it won't be for long, though. I, I wouldn't get No, to. it shouldn't be. No, I'm just I'm thinking, like, um, you yeah. know, pre-release weekend is usually pricier because people want the cards or whatever, but then Ice Imports will do $15 sealed. Yeah, I mean, I get I get the allure of doing that, but then I also have to drive an hour one way to play, and, like, if I'm driving two hours in my Jeep, like, I'm losing that $15 in gas money and just time out of my life anyway, so. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Yeah, I did it um, at uh, TJ Collectibles, and that was a good time there. Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm trying to think of the cards I opened up. I had some like good like money cards in there. I, my promo was like a Declaration in Stone. I was like ten bucks. I opened up a Westvale Abbey, which I didn't even play. That was like eighteen bucks. Um, I did play the Sin Prodder, which was like the two and a red for the. Oh man, minutes. yeah. I, can we talk about that guy? Because I opened him no. too, and he was an all star. He was so good. Yes. Oh, I got man. to play him once, and he was just he was really good. So basically, it, what the hell's it called? It's almost like a Sin What's Prodder. That? Yeah, so he's it reads Sin Prodder. He's he's yeah, like a so. beefier dark confidant. I played him well, in every single game, and he won every single game. Yeah, I only got to cast him once, but he was very good. He basically at the beginning of your upkeep, you op- you flip open the top card of your library. Um, your component can either allow you to put it in your hand or force you to put it in the graveyard, and they take the damage equal to the CMC of the card. So, so like, like you're never like getting re- lands. Yeah, it's like a like, reverse dark confidant. Yeah, you're never getting lands, but like it, it is just really good. Especially like he's he's relevant early game because a three two menace is just fine. Like for three mana, that's a good card. Like, like passing the vanilla test, and then the ability of him makes him extremely relevant late game. Especially if you're like getting to the point where they're at like five, six, seven life, and like you're gonna flip over like four and five drops. Mm-hmm. Um, that could like aff- either affect the board or deal him a good chunk of damage. So, well, the big um, the big thing I found with him is that the menace is way more relevant than I ever thought it would be, just because of how many combat tricks are in the format. So, no menace. Yeah, so like multiple times I would attack with him. He's a three-two menace. Menace is you know he has to be blocked by two or more creatures. So they double block him, and then I give him like the card gives him like plus one plus one and double strike and just blow them out. And I did it like multiple times. Sometimes like multiple times within the same game. And he's he's just like he's swinging for three, so it's like getting hit by a delver. So you want to block it. They also want to block because he's a card advantage engine. Uh, it just it's so much temptation and then it just leads to them getting blown out time and time again. Yeah. He was he was very good in limited and or in the sealed rather. Um I ended up with like a red black aggro sealed deck. I played basically every single red and black card in my pool because the it was just both really kind of mediocre. And I still went I still like went into the final round and split for, for the top prizes, so um Oh, you went two two zero one pat? Two zero and yeah, oh, two zero and split. That's pretty good. That's good for you. I went three and zero, of course. <laughs> well, yeah. So you played it. You played out the last round. Yeah, we played out the last round. Um, nice. Just giving you a hard time. No, I, I don't. I really. I mean, it was three in the morning. I really didn't give a shit if I played or went home. I actually like when I went like when I was at two zero. I was like, kind of pissed because I just sort of wanted to leave. I'm like, oh, I guess I gotta stay and like <laughs> hang around with this shit. So good yeah i also kind of i i played on sunday so i had the advantage of everyone else's experience already mm-hmm. um so i basically just asked people hey what should i play and everyone told me to play red green werewolves so that's what i did and man that that deck's pretty good 
So the werewolves in this set are kind of like, <clears throat> on their front side, they're just sort of on curve, and on their back side, they're just very good. Yeah. Um, oh, there's, so- there's one. He's like an uncommon. It's two and a green for, I think, like a two-three. And you can pay two and a green to look at the top three cards of your library and put a creature card from your, uh, from among them into your hand. Which by itself is that's like very solid. Like that is good enough for him to be a rare. But then mm-hmm. on his flip side, his flip side is creatures you play cost one less to cast. Yep. So that's just like in bonkers. Oh yeah, that's very it's good. So- I- oh. The only thing that that's not great about the werewolves is that um, the like the default ability is basically if if no spells are cast last turn you get to transform them and then the backside is if um, a player casts two or more transform back mm-hmm. so like for the most part the werewolves you're playing in the set you're just gonna play them for the front side I'd say like eighty nine percent of the time you're not gonna flip them um, because it's very easy to 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 flip them back. Um, especially I, in the late game, so... Well, no, I would I would disagree. I'd say it's very difficult to flip them back. In Limited, most people are not playing two spells a turn, and the trick to flipping them is just, do you have things to use with your mana? Like, Well, yeah, well, that's, here's the thing, though, Jerry. If you're, if you're playing a two-drop, and then you don't play a spell next turn, you're already way behind. It doesn't matter if you just got a 3-3 three, three instead of a 2-2. Two, two. Like, you're, you want to be playing... A, creature every turn so right of course like you you want to be curving out but it it depends on like what you're doing because the whole point is that they're utility creatures early and then late game you use your mana sinks and then flip them and all of a sudden you have an army of four fours and five fives like the the one i was just talking about the one um that when he flips makes uh, creatures cheaper the reason why he's so good is that on his front side he has a mana sink so during your turn you can activate him uh, look at the top three cards of your library and gra- uh, maybe grab some card advantage out of it, and then on your opponent's turn, they all flip. Right. Um, but I, I think as far as flipping them back, I, not once the entire tournament did my werewolves flip back to their front side. Yeah, I mean, I, I saw that. I, I didn't play a ton of werewolves. I only played maybe one or two, but I did have them go the other way. So, I mean, it's just something to keep keep in mind. Like, don't look I, when I, when I evaluate that card, I don't look at the backside really at all because to me that's just like potential upside. I look at the the other side of the card, and if it's on curve, like like Duskwatch Recruiter is like a two two for two, that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think that's the one you're talking about, right? The one you get to look at the top three cards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's. Good. Like you get a three three if, if he flips, you yeah. know. But like the two two, the two two for two is fine, you know. I mean, I, I agree. I would not choose a werewolf based on its backside. Um, yeah. It, it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But um, it, it's still. I think. I think you're you're they they're due more credit than you're giving them. Sure. Sure. But um, the set. I mean, I don't know how how much you enjoyed it, Jerry. But even though I was miserable going to a midnight pre-release. Um, I very, very much enjoy the actual, like, the way the, like, the, uh, the game's played out. I think it's a really fun set. Yeah, there's a lot of combat tricks in the set, which, which I like, because that, I know Wizards typically doesn't always like combat tricks, because it's kind of creates feel-bad moments for newer players, where, but, like, I know more spiky and older players just love the combat tricks, because (sighs) you really get to just outplay your opponent. Yeah, I mean it's it, it, yeah, they're good, they're good. <laughs> so it's a uh, it is a fun set to play though. I really did enjoy it. I'm gonna definitely gonna try to draft it a little bit if I can. Yeah, um, I also probably thought, mostly uh, online. Clues, clues were way better than I was expecting them to be. I didn't I didn't play a single clue enabler um, in my deck. 
it was all just like mediocre low to the ground creatures. That's all I really played. I had like Giralf's masterpiece in my pool, and I couldn't even play it because blue was unplayable in my deck, and that is just like a straight up bomb. <laughs> you got that? I got that as well, and I'm just like, nope. <laughs> it's, it's, but it's a good card. Like, yeah, I, but just like blue is so weak in the set, it feels. Yeah, yeah, definitely not was not impressive. I think like the order of the hierarchy is like probably red, green, then black. Yeah, I, I would actually put. Uh, well, maybe not. Uh, like red and green. White's, white's pretty good too, so I could be. Yeah, white's good, but blue is just not that good. Uh, oh, speaking of red being good though, the highlight of my experience was my opponent was playing Triskaidekaphobia, and <laughs> I ended up. What's the lightning bolt with madness? Is it? Uh... It's like fiery temper. Or something. It's like one red red. Deal. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, one red, red deal, three damage, madness of red. Uh, my opponent has Triskaidekaphobia out. I'm on 13 life, and I have it in my hands, but I don't have a red source. And I top deck the red source I need in order to cast it on myself <laughs> to not die to Triskaidekaphobia. <laughs> That's great. That's great. This just like a fun set, like the. Did you guys? The there's a lot of planeswalkers in this set. Yeah, there are. Uh, did you guys open any? I, uh, I opened a Soren in my par- prize packs, so that was that was pretty nice. But yeah, there are a, there are a lot in this uh, this set. Uh, pe- people were complaining about that a bit on Twitter uh, that they felt with all the planeswalkers, oh, they they were just off. like running into them all all over the place. <laughs> They're fucking mythics. Like they can suck a dick. Like honestly, there's like there's like four in the set. There was like five planeswalkers in. Origins, so like that, that's a ridic- that's a ridiculous thing to say. They're they're mythics. Like you're gonna lose to a mythic when someone pulls it, regardless. So whether it's a planeswalker or it's Geralt's masterpiece, like you're probably gonna lose to it. It's you... just part of it's part of limited. You know? <laughs> I don't know you that anybody here, ever lost to enter the infinite in limited. <laughs> <laughs> if Touché. you did, please tell Touché. us because I want to hear that story. <laughs> yeah, it was a. Uh, I, I like I said, I, I really enjoyed the set. I thought it was a lot of fun. So looking forward to playing it again if possible. Would draft again. And see, Jerry and I aren't just one-dimensional, terrible legacy players. We can also be smash... two-dimensional, terrible limited players. <laughs> yeah, we can we can we can smash you know a bunch of newbies at limited. It was great. <laughs> I've actually been playing a lot of dredge on Magic Online. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you did put that together. How's that been going? Oh, it's been good. I I kind of wonder why Dredge even has a sideboard now. <laughs> I, I, like I, I've been, I would talk to a bunch of Dredge players online and stuff, you know, try and get people's opinions and like, yeah, there's two ways to play the deck. You either play it with a sideboard or you just play it no fear. And yeah, fearless Dredge, right? Like yeah, exactly. Well, that's the thing. Like I boarded in cards and then I just discard my hand to LED. I'm like, what? Why? Why did I even board in cards? Like I'm never going to cast yeah. them. Like I. It's it's. Well, one is that you're never going to cast. It's kind of like the things you take out make the strategy weaker. Yeah, exactly. Right, that's exactly it, right? Like like Dredge is a very linear deck as far as like the game plan. So why are you why are you gonna like water down your game plan? Mm-hmm. You know, make it make it more difficult to execute. Yeah, like I can see boarding in another Icarid or boarding out a dread uh, dread return or vice versa, or you know, changing the dread return targets because that's just you know kind of changing slightly the direction you're going in. But it's not like boarding in like artifact hate or something like that. I just felt myself like boarding in uh, nature's claim and then wondering it's like why did I even do this if it's not in my opening hand it's, it's irrelevant <laughs> and even if it's in my opening hand if I get like the LED breakthrough I'm just gonna go off mm-hmm. yeah you just you force them to have the hate 
<laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Like, make them draw it. Hmm. You know? But then, you know, when I go up against someone and then they, you know, pre-main pre phase turn one, put in Leyline of the Void, I'm kind of kicking myself. <laughs> yeah. well, and you worry about it afterwards, game three. Yeah, you just you just kind of have to have thick skin to play the deck. But I, I've been enjoying it. I, I, I had a lot of fun with it, playing it online. I'm waiting for the new Legacy League to start up so I can uh, play in that. I think it starts, like, the 11th or something like that. I'm still waiting for EMA to drop so I can pick up some legacy stuff, but um, I have I do want to put together Delver on that for and play leagues, but I'm just I can't do it yet, man. I gotta wait. We got a pretty decent event coming up this weekend. The Wormwood uh, is having another legacy event. Yeah. First place. Are you going to that, Jerry? Yeah, I'm going to that. First place gets a foreign black border tundra. Hell yeah. Pretty sweet. And they got that, that deck box, yep, too. Yeah, deck box with a GPS tracker in it, so that's pretty cool. Um, I mean, and then also Top 16 is various other, you know, dual lands, force of wills, wastelands, thing like, things like that. Um, so I'm definitely going to that. I'm actually sleeving up right now uh, Sneak and Show to take to that. Nice. Yeah, I think Sneak and Show is pretty well positioned against the Eldrazi Menace right now. Um, you don't really care about Trinisphere, and you don't really care about Chalice of Void. It, it takes out your brainstorms and ponders, but it doesn't really affect your actual game plan. You know, Trinisphere doesn't do anything to show and tell or sneak attack, and you kind of just laugh at Chalice of the Void. Are you are you worried about that deck? Like, it doesn't seem to be making up too much of the metagame. Like, it seems to be about on par with, well, it's on par with Miracles, which obviously is a, a decent-sized chunk, but it, it's not over overwhelming is it more in this area you think or? yeah there was a lot there last time i went i don't know if it okay. was because it was like the hot new deck but there were uh, like f- there like five or six which doesn't sound okay. like a lot but considering there were only 50 people in the room that's 10 percent right yeah absolutely um so that plus i i just i mean it's it's consistently top eighting at scg um, I, what I, I'm not necessarily afraid of the Eldrazi deck. I'm afraid of Chalice of the Void, Trinisphere, and Blood Moon. Those three mm-hmm. eight cards have been rearing their head a lot lately. I see them everywhere I go, and Seek and Show is a deck that does not care about any of those. Yep. Um, so that's that's why I'm running Sneak and Show. I'm actually trying out uh, as a little cheeky inclusion uh, thing in the ice in Sneak and Show. Uh, oh, nice! Yeah, just I just have the one copy, so I'm gonna throw it in as a uh, as a one of in the spot that uh, Jace Friends Prodigy had because uh, I sold my Jaces to buy Black Border Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thing in the ass, I just feel goes pretty nicely into it. You're pl- casting a lot of cantrips, so you can take the counters off of it pretty quickly. And if you really want to go deep, you can sneak and show in a Grizzlebrand and then flip Thing in the Ice after you attack. And then that way Grizzlebrand doesn't die and you can just finish him off next turn. I hope so, because if not, what the hell are you doing with your life? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I just think it's a cool alternate win condition if they can shut down your sneak attack or they have Caracas going. Um, I mean, the worst deck to see as a sneak and show player is Death and Taxes. Death and Taxes just absolutely ruins your day. And uh, Thing in the Ice is kind of a way to answer that. It can wrath the board against a deck that just wants to play a shit ton of creatures. And it's not a legend, so you can get around Caracas. So, just a one-of, trying it out, see what I think. Mm-hmm. I am just, I'm just looking up all the different instant reanimator lists. That's what they're calling them all. Tinfins? 
That's what they're calling them all, but they're not all tensions. <laughs> so is it one of they called one of them uh, Storm Reanimator? <laughs> I like that. That's a good name. It's pretty good. And the Bruins just scored because Lita's all excited. <laughs> I was gonna ask what that was. Oh, <laughs> uh, she's the little sports fan here. It's cute watching her watch it. She's she got on her Bruins stuff, hanging out on the floor, watch the game. She's on the floor while you have that sick ass couch. Yeah, she doesn't want to sit on the sick ass couch. She wants to just sit on the floor right up front of the TV, <laughs> watch Chara swing at people. Just, just drag the TV closer to the couch. <laughs> Actually, that couch can probably just drive itself closer to the TV, yeah. right? Like, <laughs> it gets up on its four legs and walks over to the TV. It's pretty close. I mean, I see the, pretty, the puck pretty well from here. I think she just... It's like a little kid watching Saturday morning cartoons, like, real close to the TV. I'm surprised she ain't got a bowl of cereal with a wooden spoon, you know? <laughs> it's as cute as hell. No, I'm trying to... I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I want to change a build myself. And I'm just... I'm, I'm looking at... I'm resourcing what other people have been doing. I want to start playing more... Um, I want to start playing more Stronghold Gambit. Yeah, what's that? What's Stronghold Gambit? I don't know that card. It's is. Jerry's favorite card. Yeah, it's an awesome card. I think I'm going to put it in the sideboard of Sneak and Show. Jerry will tell you all about it. It's tell me about it, Jerry. It's one in a red for a sorcery. Mm-hmm. Uh, each player secretly chooses a card in a creature card in their hand, and yep. then you reveal them simultaneously. And the player who reveals the creature card with the lowest converted mana cost puts it in play. Okay. And the reason why it's awesome is you either play it in conjunction with Gitaxian Probe or against mm-hmm. decks that just don't have creatures like Storm um, or even just like low creature counts like Miracles. I was going to say Miracles seems like a good target yeah. for that. And it's like yeah. if I choose Emrakul and you don't have a card in hand, well, Emrakul is technically the lowest converted mana cost. <laughs> <laughs> so that's two in a red for a sorcery? No, yeah, that's it's one in a red. Oh, one in a red. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> cute as fuck. It's it's huh. pretty hilarious. I've blown many people out with it, and I've also gotten blown out with it. Like you go land Lotus Petal, uh, Stronghold Gambit, Blind, and then they go like Land of War Elves. You're like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sick one one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes you just gotta force it. You're like, I right. don't know what they got in hands, but let's try it out. Well, yeah, the thing is, you know, a lot of times too, like. You play against ten friends or something. Game two, you can expect all of the graveyard hate, but none of the show and tell hate. Yeah. So it's just it's just a uh, a nice little card uh, that gets around a lot of things, but you kind of have to have balls to play it. <laughs> <laughs> Sweat bullets when when you're revealing cards. How would that work? Ooh. No, I guess it. No, it wouldn't. Like if. Uh, Let's see, if I cast Containment Priest and I reveal Grizzlebrand and you re- I mean, if I cast Stronghold Gambit and I cast, and I reveal Grizzlebrand and you reveal Containment Priest, this Containment Priest wouldn't exile itself. Uh, Judge? I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't, I doubt it because it wouldn't be on the battlefield to acknowledge it. <laughs> is this a chicken and the egg situation? I think it is. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. What that's, I... that's that's one of the challenges with Dredge too. Is there's so much fucking hate for Dredge. I, I like I played. Um, I think I got game one, game two. I was playing against somebody, and I'm like, oh, all right, there's rest in peace. Uh, not doing much with that. And then game three, it was Containment Priest. I'm like, well, fuck the rest in peace. <laughs> I guess I needed creature removal. Yeah. 
Well, speaking about spicy sideboard additions to get around these sneak and show, or the show and tell and reanimator hate, check out this list sideboard. So this is a sneak and show list that went 5-0 on the Legacy League online. And its main deck is a pretty standard uh, sneak and show list, except it's running two Sensei's Divining Tops instead of uh, Gitaxian Probes or Preordains. Basically, still has the four Brainstorm, four Ponder. Oh, wait, did this do good? Yeah, this went 5-0. Oh, did it? Wow, with Top and, and Sneak and Show. Yeah, Top and Sneak and Show. And the reason why wow. it's running Top is, if you look at the sideboard, it's running four Monastery Mentor as an ultimate oh, yeah. condition. <laughs> Which I think is so spicy. <laughs> and sudden shock. This guy this guy's after your own heart, Jerry. I know, I know. I'm I'm tempted to to run this list. Monastery mentor sideboard. What's with the cavernous souls? Is that like Because that's how he's casting Monastery Mentors. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm guessing gotcha. he's bringing Monastery Mentor in against like He's got miracles. one tundra. Yeah, he only has one tundra for white besides that. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Unless he's going to try to, like, sneak attack in the fucking monastery vent. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. The one the one of Lightning Bolt on the sideboard. Is oh, monastery meant a human? It yes. Human monk. Human monk. Yep. And, and Jason's prodigy is human wizard, so you can actually name human. Mm-hmm. Yep. Off yep. a cavern and get them both out. Uh, Grim Lava Mancer, is that human? Yep, that's a human. Uh, yeah. yeah. God, yeah. I wish I still had my Jace's Vryn Prodigy, but I'm also happy I have a black, oh my God. black horse yeah. mana. <laughs> yeah, I would. He's going to be going. He's going to be. He's going to climb up, I think, with uh, some of the uh, the stuff that's coming out in the Shadows over in Istrad, But uh, I don't know. I was talking to a bunch of people who actually play Standard, and they were testing new mm-hmm. Standard with Jace, and they just said he just wasn't as good as everyone thought he was going to be. I hope I hope that's the case because he's way too expensive. Yeah, I mean, a hundred dollars even for a standard mythic is just it's it, it can't go higher than that. Like I don't see him going to a hundred and fifty two hundred dollars. So even if he goes up a couple more bucks, I'm fine with that. I sold out at the at pretty much the peak, and I'll just buy him back when he rotates out. Yeah, exactly. Um, because <laughs> the store bought him for me for like five dollars below retail. Yeah, they were really aggressive with their with their prices. Mm-hmm. So I was happy to turn them into a black border dual land, something that'll actually hold value. Yeah, smart move, dude. Smart move. Not that you need my approval, but you should seek it anyway. Yeah, because I mean, now I just gotta <laughs> I gotta black border all my dual lands because I'm a monster. Well, when, like I said, when you're ready to black border those volcanics, you let me know. I uh, I blame Evan Ny- Nyquist from uh, Tusk Tusk Talk because he planted the seed. <laughs> like, What's Because I was like, I, I had a uh, like most I have sneak and show pretty much entirely foiled out, and he just looks at me and goes, "If your dual lands aren't black border, it's like having rims on a beater." <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> "Damn it, you're right. You're so uh, right, Evan. <laughs> Need to black just, border I my just, duels." <laughs> I could never bring myself to black border. Like uh, it just doesn't do it for me, man. Just even to foil out a deck, I just don't get it. I don't get it. But some of you guys are just too much money, too much money to burn. Yeah, I mean, that you could only snort so much cocaine through a hundred dollar bill, <laughs> <laughs> and then like the, use the dollar bill to a hundred dollar bill to light your cigar. <laughs> there you go, Jerry. I like it. If anyone's uh, hiring stockbrokers. <laughs> <laughs> What's Congratulations, you've, re- you've received a spoiler card. <laughs> Please, for all the stuff you do, I think I could aff- I'm could. i allowed uh, a little R-rated material. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, I never said Besides, you that. Besides, stockbrokers are Vogue right now. 
Big Short won an Oscar. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's the new Wall Street. Greed sure, is sure good. Is. Black Border Duels are good. <laughs> Jerry, what are you invested in? Uh, lots of cardboard. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. We got uh, about a little over a week, so, so actually a, a little less than a week by the time this comes out, uh, left in the Brainstorm Playmat auction. Uh, right now it's $80. It ends on the 15th of April. Um, so last chance, guys. It's still under retail value, at least as far as eBay is saying. So if you would like a sweet GP New Jersey Playmat, get on the Facebook group or tweet at me or... Contact us any way you choose and put a bid in. Uh, right now it's at 80 bucks. Mm-hmm. Nice. And the proceeds go to Wounded Warrior Project, 75%, and 25 to MTG Cast. Also, uh, I feel like I probably should mention the PO box because it, it surprises me. Like, you know, a package will come in of like commons or something. I'm like, oh shit, and I haven't even mentioned the PO box. So, like, I know the guys that have been sending commons in, it's, um, you know, when it when an envelope comes in or something, I'm like, man, that's dedication because I know I haven't even mentioned it in probably five <laughs> episodes or so. And like somebody somebody acknowledged uh, what it was. So anyway, it, it is PO Box three thirty one, uh, Southbridge, Massachusetts zero one five five zero. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right, I got, I got a question for you, Jerry. Sure. A bunch of uh, pieces of burn. You're terrible. Stop not- playing. Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Can I sh- look to unload them now? Like not not the chain lightnings, but like the rift bolts. I'll probably hold on to the eidolons. Rift it depends. Bolt. Can you make a burn deck? Uh, I have everything except for the goblin guides. Yeah. Oh man, I'd, I'd fucking keep it, dude. You have like a yeah. deck, you have a deck put together with it. If you're just looking for goblin guides, I'm expecting. I, I know Jerry has his bet that like modern, playable, rare, all that shit. But I I, I could see <laughs> goblin guides and eternal masters. Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool, especially because it got left out of Zendikar. That'd be neat if they had it in there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, think about it this way, Pat. If you don't sell out and every single card is reprinted. How much value are you really going to lose? Oh, that's a good point. It's not like you're holding on to fifty hundred dollar cards. These are you know, you know you're not playing hot potato with it. Yeah. yeah, they're all like under five bucks each. Yeah, so it's like yeah, if they get reprinted, you're going to lose some value. But is honestly the value you're going to lose worth the effort it takes to sell the cards and then yeah, rebuy yeah. them at a lower value? Uh, yeah, you know, you break even at best. Well, that's the thing. Is I don't think I'll like, ever rebuy into burn. You know not, what I mean? It's not like playing Eldrazi in modern. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Oh, is it too short? Is it too soon for that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would hold on to him, Pat, because at the very least, like, is yeah. it a is it a deck on its own? Like, you don't need to take apart anything out of uh, blue red. Right. Yeah. Pretty much, except yeah. for like bolt and some fetches, maybe. Uh, no, not even. The- so, I mean, just the bolts. Honestly, instead of looking to sell it, I would, you know, fill the holes because the holes are pretty, you know, cheap as they go. I would yeah. just like look to fill the holes and then just keep an extra deck in your backpack. Oh yeah, that's nice. We're not getting a spoiler card when we're talking about filling the holes. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but, that makes sense. Yeah, so I'm just trying like, to like I'm trying to prune my collection right now, like stuff that I'm not 
all like the extraneous cards I have that I've collected over the last like year or so, mm-hmm. so that I can get into a couple more duels and a few more pieces that I need. Yeah, but but I mean, uh, with, but that makes sense. Like I'm not gonna get a whole lot out of it anyway. Yeah, so. you're not gonna get a whole lot out of it, and it's just like how often is there like, oh, uh, you're you're at the shop and there's the legacy tournament, and you're trying to get someone your buddy to play, and he's like, oh, I forgot my deck, and you're like, all right, well yeah, I got this deck right here. <laughs> That's totally fair, yeah. That makes sense. Good. So, good. yeah, I mean, someone always needs a, a deck to borrow, and it, even if you're just like looking at play tests with someone, give them burn and play. Get really good at the burn so, here. <laughs> so, I have one more question too, because I'm thinking of um uh a side this I'm thinking of this new card from Shadows Over Innistrad as a sideboard card for the Delver deck, and I think it would be good against Sneak and Show, and I think it would be great against uh against um Miracle. Okay. Invasive surgery. Uh, which is that the discard? No, it's a it's an instant for a single blue counter target sorcery spell, and if you have delirium, which is like the four more types of cards in your graveyard, mm-hmm. you get to basically surgical that card. Oh yeah, we talked about this when it was spoiled. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a better envelop. Um, yeah, and I have one. I got one in my pool, and like, obviously didn't play it because it's not playable and limited, but. Um, I think it might be good in the sideboard. The more I like think about the card, I'm just trying to think of how easy it's going to be to get the delirium going. Uh, I mean, envelope has always been a solid card. It's just the meta isn't there right now. Like if this was out back when you know Dig Through Time was still play, Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise, like this would be a four of in every blue deck. Oh yeah, yeah. Against, certainly against Treasure Cruise. Yeah, it's just it, like it, it, when the meta is focused on sorcery speed combo decks. Envelop is really good. It's just we're not in that meta right now. And the fact that it's a one-drop and we're in the Chalice of the Void meta. I, I mean, I would say wait six months and reevaluate, see how it does, but I, I would not ever be surprised seeing someone casting this card. Okay. Um, totally legit. It's just the the car, the decks that it's good against aren't good themselves right now, so there's no real need to devote sideboard slots to it. Like when we when you start seeing show and tell decks in every corner of the room, that's when you want to break out your invasive surgeries. Well, like against miracles, it'd be great to just like to do it against uh, entreat. It's or, a one drop, or, or rather against um yeah. Well, yeah, that's the it, thing is like entreat doesn't really see play anymore. No, I, I didn't mean entreat. Sorry, I meant uh, terminus. Uh, terminus, yeah. No, that's a one drop, right? This card is yeah. Yeah, so if they just put top on top of the deck. Yeah, it doesn't. Well, yeah, so I mean, if if. If you're already in that spot, it doesn't really matter what you have. Like I don't if if they already well, have anything that's a one like, anything that's a one counter a one mana counter spell. Right, but I mean what I'm saying is is like if they already have the counter top top lock, I'm probably not looking for invasive surgery to solve that problem. This is kind of like you know like, it's, if you get it in your opener and they go to terminus and you're able to kind of get them with it because a lot of people aren't going to know about this card yet. Um, it might be might be good. Might be able to get some extra value out of it. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, where this card really shines is the show and tell decks like Reanimator and Sneak and Show, and the Burning Wish decks like you know Burning Tin Fins and Storm. Um, like that's where this card is really good. Um, uh, but it's because what, what would you do this against Storm with? Like yeah, uh, what would you, Burning what? Wish. Burning okay, Wish. So what is that? I don't get it. You can remove them all out of the deck. That doesn't even stop the deck. Uh, Adrian's defensive because we're picking apart his his tier three deck. <laughs> what about like um what uh, against against like storm? I don't have to be defensive. I just want to see you beat me with that card someday. That'd be awesome. Sure, <laughs> take it upon myself to do that. 
I think it's, I, I don't know, man. I think it's okay, like. Yeah, I mean, the card's not, good. Like, Delirium's not impossible, right? Like, if it's turned, like, what are they gonna try to get you from, what are they gonna try to get you on, uh, I think ha- I would have to kill you, like Delver, for you to have four cre- four things. No, nah, I, I think this can re- reliably be turned on turn two. I mean, the only thing against miracles is that they're going to swords your guy. They're not going to. They're not going to bolt it. Yeah, I mean, why does it have to be a creature though? Like, I was shocked how reliable. No, he's going to land an instant and a sorcery, and what else is in his graveyard? That's, gonna that's what it. I'm thinking. Yeah, I it's going to have to be a creature because I'm not running any enchantments. I'm not running any planeswalkers. Yeah. What else does he play? I mean, it not, it's not necessarily in blue-red. We're just talking about the card itself. Okay, yeah, that's, that's fair. I, I mean, yeah, I think about so, it in so blue-red might two, be rough. So turn two, somebody's got to play a Lotus Petal to get Delirium active? Uh, force, of will, your, force of Will, your Sensei's Dividing Top. Boom, Artifact. Uh, force no, of will. it has to be in your graveyard. It's not all graveyards, it's yours. Oh, it's your graveyard? Yeah, it's not, it's not any graveyard, it's oh, your graveyard. it is your graveyard. That's right. Yeah, That's why, so like, probably not in blue red. Like, more. okay, so it's no longer a turn two card. No, it's still a turn two card, Adrian. All right, Jesus, all right, so, you get so defensive, <laughs> so defensive. No, no, so, 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 what's 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 getting at turn two? Uh, somebody with a lotus petal. Uh, fetch land itself. All right, so there's Ponder. a land and instant of sorcery. I'm just trying to picture a third lotus petal. You, there you go. Yeah. So you need a lo- so the, so the deck is play so the cards playable turn two off a deck playing lotus petal. There's plenty of other... Uh, Life from the Loam. There we go. All four cards right there. What? That's a sorcery. Yeah, Life from the Loam's a sorcery, and then the... Yeah, so popular, I mean, off of it. Okay. Well, I don't know. understand why we're wasting time trying to come up with these magical Christmas land situations. Like, Cause, hey, right, I don't know, because yeah, I'm just trying to figure out how this card gets active turn two. I think you're just being yeah, defensive because you're afraid of a card that we said can take out one of your decks. No, it sounds more, it sounds more valid in Tinfins than anything. Tinfins plays Lotus Petal. Yeah. Yeah. But why would Tinfins play play this? What sorceries is Tinfins afraid of? Mm, None. Yeah. So why would Tinfins? That's the thing is like, I wish it was, I wish it was instant or sorcery spell. If it was counter target instant or sorcery. I mean, it would be be way too good if that was the case. I don't know if it would be, you think it would be too good? Oh yeah, if it was counter target instant or sorcery. Because you're, you're forgetting, you don't need Delirium. Delirium's just the cherry on top. It's also just a one mana counter spell. Yeah, like that's true. Delirium is the cherry on top. Yeah. Oh, say so, okay, okay. Hmm. So early game, it slows. The reason why it's so good against Show and Tell decks and Burning Wish decks is because early game it slows them down and keeps them from comboing off, and late game it strips their deck of their win conditions. That's why yeah. it's so good. Yeah. All right. I'll buy it. So, anything else from uh, the pre-release kind of impress you, Pat? Uh, no. I mean, the werewolves are good. Like any of the any of the uh, flippy guys are good. Um, I really wish I had played Westvale Abbey because um, I did have that in my packs, mm-hmm. and I just totally like passed over it, thinking like, eh, I don't think I want to sacrifice five guys uh, for this effect. And coming coming back to it, at, you know, not now that I'm not building my deck at one in the morning, mm-hmm. I think it was really stupid not to play that card because it's just like. If you draw that, like you're gonna have board stalls where like you're gonna have four or five guys on the board, and being able to pump out one or two guys using that card itself is very easy. Mm-hmm. And then getting the you know, flip. I mean, have you seen the flip side of that card? What is it like a thirteen thirteen? It's like a nine seven flying trample lifelink haste. That's pretty good. So yeah, and let I me. Mean, it's a straight up bomb unlimited. So I mean, I don't know. That was kind of cool. I don't think it has any. 
application in the eternal formats. I don't, I didn't see much in the set itself that had a lot of kind of like upside for legacy, but, um, mm-hmm. for the most part, like I really enjoyed this set. I thought it was a lot, like I said, it was, I didn't get to play the original Innistrad, so this was my first sort of, um, uh, foray into that, into that world, and I really enjoyed the format, so. Yeah, I, I liked it too. Sin Prodder was intriguing. I don't know if it's good enough for Eternal, but I think I think power wise, it's it's good. It's just I don't think I can't think of any place I would want it. Like I don't think it has a home. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, it is a three drop too, so it's you know, Dark Confidant comes out a full turn earlier. Mm-hmm. Dark Confidant um, draws you the card no matter what. Sin Prodder does not. So, like, if you happen to get stuck on three mana and you flip a, I mean, you flip a land with it, you're not getting that land. And there's no up, there's no downside to the, your opponent making you discard that land. Yeah, but if you think about it in Legacy, if you're already at three mana to cast Sin Prodder, you probably don't want more lands anyways. So even oh if, no, I mean, I mean, in Legacy, I don't think it's playable at all in Legacy. To be honest with you, really, I, 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 I just but, don't. I mean, I don't think it has a spot. Like, I, I just like, I think power level. It's definitely not going to go in like. Well, that's the thing. It's like it's not going to yeah, go mean, and burn. It is very good. No, because like people will make you mill the. They'll be like, yeah, I'll take one from your uh, right, exactly. from your lightning bolt like, <laughs> instead of three. Like, and, sure. And like, I don't think it goes in. Like, I, I would say it, it would go in Jund, but I still think Dark Confidant's better. Like, what you want is like, what are decks that want card advantage but don't have access to blue or black? And, right. Like, you don't really want to put it in, you know, red white painter servant because. If the off chance you mill one of your combo pieces, that's just going to be more work for you to get it back. So, yeah. like, I'm wondering if, like, maybe, like, the the white, the red, white, like, prison decks would want something like that as just a way to get card advantage. Mm. I mean, what are they going to flip over the top that someone's going to give them that's not going to deal damage? Like, like they, they'll get their chalices, right? Or they won't get their chalices. I mean, I guess at that point they probably don't need them anyway. Mm-hmm. Right? I, yeah, it's, well... It's it's about kind of like milling off the chafe off the top of your deck and also just dealing damage because it wants to go into an aggressive deck because you want to not care whether they give it to you or not. Like, you want to be like, okay, right. either take the damage or give me the card. I don't really care. Like, yep. when it was doing yeah. its best is when it was dealing damage and my opponent was taking life. But all the oh, aggressive decks... Oh, yeah, decks, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> all, all the aggressive decks, you know, they're all low to the ground, low curve, so it's not going to be the best with them because they're not going to be taking that much damage. Right. So I think it, right. it, it it feels like it should be powerful enough, but I just don't think it it goes anywhere. Yeah, and I mean the only other thing too, and like in against like a like a stompy prison deck, you probably won't get it bolted because by then you'll probably have Chalice at one anyway. But it it is something that's like a three drop that dies to lightning bolt. So I know that's kind of a cop out statement, but it is that is just true. Like it does get it does die to bolt mm-hmm. as a as a three drop, which isn't ideal. It's true. It just it it just it deal it does combat a lot better than Dark Confidant does. Like Oh, for sure. Yeah. Three Two Menace is like is like legit in Legacy. That's not a bad card. Yeah, well also like, just that second toughness makes it, you know, they can't they can't block it with Death Knight Shaman. They can't block it with Stoneforge Mystic. Does right. Menace mean it's gonna be double blocked? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yep. So like you'll take out I mean I guess like yeah. I don't know man. It's mm. It, it definitely has power level there. I just don't know if it's good enough for Legacy, but it's worthwhile. Like, it has all these weird like knobs that have been turned on, mm-hmm. like turned on, turned up a little bit, like the menace and the, the, the it's not like a two two, it's a three two. Like, like um, but so. the thing is, yeah, too, I'm it's actually... like <laughs> if it was a, if it was one in a red, would it really be that much better? Like, would it all of a sudden become playable? I don't think so. It still has I, the same uh, challenges. I think it would. 
Yeah, I, at, I mean, then it's two. a bit more it's a bit more competitive with Dark Confidant in that that way. But yeah. just, even still, it's just there. There's a lot going against it, and there's a lot going for it. But yeah, I I, I don't I don't think I'd sleep in the car. Like I don't think I'm picking them up right now for six six seven bucks. What they're going oh, for? Oh really? <laughs> I mean, it went straight yeah. into my cube. I, sold... I I added it to the cube because I think it's just an awesome limited card. Yes, I mean, like. Uh, uh, a red car that has late game application is just like good, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, the reason why Dark Confidant's better than it in Legacy Constructed is also the exact same reasons why it's better than Dark Confidant in Cube. Like your curves are much higher in Cube, and so like mm-hmm. so many times I've drafted Dark Confidant in Cube and then been like, I don't want to play this garbage card. Like <laughs> <laughs> I want to be taking like twenty points of damage a game off of this card. But this yeah. guy, it's kind of like all upside. It's like, all right, Blightsteel Colossus. You know I have show and tell. Do you want to take eleven or let me draw the Blightsteel Colossus? <laughs> <laughs> like those are the types of decisions you want to be giving your opponent with this card. Yeah, I don't know, man. There's just not a lot to talk about this week. There yeah. wasn't really any Legacy events. There wasn't. None of us played Legacy. Like we played a little bit of Shadows Limited, but I don't know. Yeah. Alright. Could uh deck tech. What other cards are you hunting out, Pat? Uh for for Delver right now or just in general? General. So that I'm hunting out that I'm looking to pick up? Yeah. Is that what you mean? Mm-hmm. Um right now I'm looking to get my the number one on my list right now is one more volcanic. Um after that probably I might pick up a Jason's Rins Prodigy for the deck, I'm not sure. Um but I, I would like the Fluster Storm, but I think I'm gonna wait for Eternal Masters because it may get printed in that set. Oh, that's cute. Um, but right now, the thing I'm, yeah, the thing I'm most concerned with is, uh, getting my fourth volcanic, um, cause I definitely want that for when I go to Columbus. This is I'm just trying not to. Over? But yeah, yeah. I'm just trying not to invest any, like, any more of my money into the decks. I have, like, the capital already invested in some cards. I just have to liquidate them. You know what I mean? So. Oh, I see, I see. Yeah. If you're gonna so play that that round, though, you have to uh, you start winning tournaments because every time you liquidate them, you lose a little bit to commissions and fees. Uh, well, I mean, I buy them like I buy them at TCG Low, mm-hmm. and then I don't pay any commissions or fees. I just buy them at TCG Low, and I sell them like. Well, well, what I'm like, saying is, there's even if the, it's not like on the receipt labeled commission, there's still the inherent commission of buying and selling cards. Like if you're buying cards and then selling them for buy list or selling them for anything less than retail, which is what 99% of players are forced to do, you're losing, you know, a little bit of value. Because even if oh the, for sure even if yeah, the cards sure. go up in value, most times they're not going up in value enough to cover the costs. All I really do, honestly, is like I don't sell them to I don't sell them to stores because I find that to be useless. They, like, stores take way too much off the top to make that worthwhile to me. So I either set them out on Puka Trade where I can get fair value for them and it costs me a stamp and maybe tracking, um, or I do like the the sick deals page where I take I go to TCG and take ten percent off that price. Um, and it's it's been fine. Like it definitely like yeah, like you definitely lose a little bit of value in it, but not as much as if you're going to buy a list. You just have to be a little bit a little bit patient and wait for buyers to get lined up, but it's doable. What you just gotta do, Pat, is you just gotta win every legacy event and then just well, yeah, build, so build your like, collection I that way. So yeah, you just gotta play Jerry all day. <laughs> I clearly can't win events, so <laughs> I'm just gonna try to make the deck better and then uh you know, I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> I should watch. I should just fucking play more and practice, but that sounds hard. Yeah, I don't want to get better at something by hard work and practicing. I just. <laughs> what are you crazy? Yeah, I just want to take this a, sports. This is America. 
<laughs> All right, should we do some scoops? Sure. Yeah. Who do you want to scoop in, Pat? Uh, well, I'm going to scoop in all my really soft opponents at TJ's over the weekend who let me beat their face in with my terrible, terrible sealed deck. Um, no, honestly, uh, start that over. I don't want to put that in there. That's too mean. That's too mean for even for me. Good. <laughs> um, I'm gonna just scoop in, uh, scoop in my wife for being great. Um, I am, we've talked a little bit about the trip out to Columbus and she's gonna be watching the boys for me all weekend so I can take the trip out and be super nerdy with my super nerd friends and, and I really appreciate that. That's pretty great. Oh yeah. That's it for me. Well, you, Jerry. Uh, I'm gonna scoop in Tom, the owner of uh, TJ's uh, collectibles. They they also do a bunch of the GPs. They're like one of six mm-hmm. stores in the country that do GP, uh, GPs, and yep. they they do a pretty good job putting stuff together. And I I got to talk to him for close to an hour at the event. Oh. And you got tomahawk. I got yeah, tomahawk. That's what they call it. <laughs> that's what it's called. He's done that to me before. I was like trying to get out of there, like eleven, yep. thirty, and you get sometimes you get tomahawked. He can talk, man. Yeah, he can talk about anything. But yeah, he just gave me like the lowdown on like the to scene and what it's like putting together a turn, uh, like a GP size tournament and the amount of planning that they go into and like he was kind of. He was kind of breaking it down. He put some of my fears to rest about the GP Columbus, about, you know, uh, what is it, Pez, the, the group that's organized. Oh, yeah. Professional, yeah, professional event services, I think. Yeah, so you know, we, we just talked a lot about it, and he, he told quite a few things just not to go on the record, so I won't I won't say them. Uh, but he, he's a good guy. He was saying he wants uh, they want to start uh, a podcast uh, for the store itself, too. Or at least uh, look for sponsorships and things of that nature. So we're you're kind of exchanging ideas about podcasting and tort term and organizing. And he, uh, first time I've ever talked to him, he just seemed like a cool guy to talk to. Yeah, I, I used to talk to uh, to Tom a lot down there. He, uh, like I said, TJ's is the place where I when I first came back to Magic, that was the store I was playing all my all my F and M's at. I was playing drafts there. Um, it's a good store, man. Uh, they have a they had some really great. Great people over there. Uh, I, I don't go there very often. I, I did go there for my pre-release, but um, just because they don't have any legacy really going on over there, I don't. I don't tend to stop by the shop very often. But yeah, uh. um, he was talking about. Uh, he was trying to get me to go to like GP Pittsburgh, which was standard, and was like, I'm not going to Pittsburgh for a standard GP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they're also doing Providence, I believe. And... Yeah, yeah. I actually went to their last one. It was last year on Father's Day weekend. I, I stopped by there. Mm-hmm. Uh, briefly. Actually, I think Adrian, you went down to that, didn't you? GP Providence. Oh, it's probably where Ten Fins was stolen. Uh, was stolen. No, that was at SCG Worcester. No, it was in Providence. Was it Providence? Yeah, I brought my deck all around Worcester. It's fine. I went to Providence and it was gone. <laughs> Jeez. I remember where it was. Yeah. <laughs> um. He actually, Ian Ian McCown probably does too. But yeah, that was um, it was it. No, that was an SCG in Providence. I didn't go to a GP in Providence. Yeah. Wait, yeah, you did. yeah, that's when yeah, you brought your little boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was that was. Uh, you were selling there, I think. I don't think you were buying. If you were selling stuff, then I, I, I was shopping around. That was um, yeah. K- KYT was down. I think that was uh, that was standard. I'm pretty sure. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, it was definitely standard. But um, but yeah. So Tom, yeah, Tom's uh, they run a lot of events, man. They're yeah. Well, big team. 
what I was going to say is he was talking about Providence. They're going to basically be doing, like, even though the main event isn't Legacy, they're going to do, like, nonstop Legacy events uh, as, like, side events. Right. Um, yeah, he'll fire is, if we Guys, if we go there, I got a great place, a great restaurant to go to if we go to GP Providence. So. Is, it, that? is it Wright's Farm? Because Wright's, no. Wright's oh, Chicken listen. Farm is amazing. Jerry, listen. It's in Providence. Listen, dude. It's in Rhode Island, so it's basically next it's door. Oil Jerry, Street. Jerry, no. Red Chicken Farm is in North Smithfield, Rhode Island. That's the town I grew up in. And I refuse I to go to that to place. I hate Red Chicken Farm. Are you it's shut awful. you shut your whore mouth, right? Just said, farm is just said a bunch of people get sick there, too. Yeah. Well, it's not even that. It's not even that. Here's the problem. Here's the problem with Rice Chicken Farm, okay? You go in there for like family style roasted chicken that is just bad chicken. It's not even well done chicken. It's like you get like pasta and salad and like you sit at like these French fries. banquet style yeah. tables. It's awful. It's awful. Like I can't believe people actually pay to go to that restaurant. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I think it's absolutely yeah, garbage. So, so what's um, the place you were talking about, Pat? So my uncle has this really, like, kind of, like, um, it's like a French, uh, oh, uh, that's the one French you were talking about. Yeah, in Warren, Mass. I'm sorry, in oh. Warren, Island. It's like 20 minutes south of Providence. Oh, I'm so telling you guys, it's the right? fucking, the fucking food there is amazing. I, I don't think I've had, ever had a better hanger steak than there. Um, they have all kinds of really, they have, like, unbelievable charcuterie boards, um, they just have everything. Everything they have there is phenomenal, so. If we uh, if we go to GP Providence, we'll go down there and have some dinner. Yeah. You guys will. I you will not you will not be disappointed. I can promise you that. I mean, I'd be down. I mean, uh, where they always hold it, like the Providence Place Mall. It's it's, yep. it's like yeah, like the convention center right next to it or whatever. Yeah, it's like forty five minutes away from my house. So yeah, um, yeah. And if you need a place to crash, like my house, you know, I'm only like twenty minutes north of Providence. So if you need a place to crash, you're welcome to stay in my place. I don't know. Am I gonna wake <laughs> up and you're gonna be breathing heavily, standing over me? No, it'd be one of my isn't, kids. Isn't it'd be one of my kids doing that. Yeah, one of your kids? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be like, Jerry, you want to play? You want to play, Jerry? <laughs> it's it's three in the morning. Should you be asleep? <laughs> <laughs> kids don't sleep, bro. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh man. Uh, oh. Oh boy. But, yeah, right. that'll be cool. that'll be cool. I have to look up to see when the uh, chief Providence is. Yeah, you uh, you do the legwork on that pad, and you you let me know. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> By the way, I also do the legwork on getting a uh, Airbnb and rental for GB Club. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do have to look up. Uh, I have to figure out what we're going to do for our rental car. And uh, yeah, you got to do the Airbnb thing, man. I'm too old for that. Right, I don't know. I'll do the Airbnb. I'll do that. All right. Good. Good. <laughs> All right. Let me add it to my list of things to do. <laughs> what is that? Like two? Like three things? Like it's three wake pages. Up in the wake up in the morning. <laughs> Do the brainstorm playmat post and now add the Airbnb to it. <laughs> it's it's pretty extensive. I got uh I need to get my car fixed. My sticker is up on my car, but I have the check engine light, so I can't get a new sticker, so I'm screwed. Oh, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you know what you can do? You know what you can do? What? If you do you know what's why the check engine light's coming on? Uh so I took it to AutoZone because AutoZone does the free like check whatever. Yep. And they, yep. they told me I need a new thermostat in my car. Oh, that's that's not expensive. No, but I was talking to my dad. Apparently, it's just a bitch to do. To do yeah. what? To replace the thermostat in my car. Your dad said that? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> just just going to add anything else to that, Adrian? I don't know if I've heard it a more takes condescending... takes me 15 minutes. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever heard a more condescending wow in my life. <laughs> yeah, jeez. <laughs> You sure, that was, sure that wasn't your mom that said that? 
<laughs> no, I used to do. I used to do a thermostat about fifteen minutes. Okay, you want to do my get, thing? In, get Indian head gasket shellac. Pull the fucking gasket out. Pull the thermostat out. Is the car overheating? No. That's the thing. Is like there's literally nothing Why, wrong with my car. What makes you think it needs a thermostat? Because that's what AutoZone told me. Oh, because you're getting a check engine sensor come up. Yeah, exactly. Did they clear the code? Uh, they did, but then it just comes back after a couple miles. Oh, how how long? Because like what you can do is bring it to the shop. That's what I did last year. That's what I did last year. This check engine light's been on for over a year. Yeah, bring it to the shop. <laughs> oh, then it's just a sensor. It's not even the thermostat. Yeah, but in in order for it in order for them to like give it to you, you have to clear the code and then drive the car a hundred miles, and then yeah. if the check engine light comes back before the hundred miles are up. Like, there's only so many times I can go to AutoZone and ask them to clear my code. Do you know how much the code scanner is? Yeah, I know. It's it's on its way from Amazon Prime. <laughs> how much was it? Uh, Like, ten bucks. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, so you scan it. What you can, what you can do is, if you want to clear the code, Jerry, you can just disconnect your battery. No. That'll clear the code. <laughs> it will. I, I'm sure it will. It'll also disconnect my car. <laughs> no. <laughs> you just listen. You pull up to the you pull up to the place where you get your inspector sticker. Pop the hood around this on the low. Pull, oh, are you you know, try, is, like, this, is this because you're trying to get a sticker? Yeah, I'm yeah. trying to get a sticker. Just pull the check engine bulb out of the fucking dashboard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that works. Like they have computers. You know what also clears? You know, gets rid of that light. If I take a sledgehammer to my dashboard, but that's not very helpful. <laughs> Why not? Just get it fixed. Just get the fucking thing fixed. Uh, that's what that's I'm all. doing. Jeez. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm just saying. Like, just get it fixed. Uh, Stop asking us how to fix your car, Jerry. Just get up, a fix. Got to sign up for my college reunion. Got my college reunion. Five-year reunion coming up. Five-year five oh, college, year college reunion? Yeah, why not? Jesus, where'd you go? We did one last year, too. I had a four-year college reunion last year. Oh, <laughs> I can picture a bunch of people going, yeah, I'm still unemployed. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Adrian, you got any scoops? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I mowed two scoops of uh, Two scoops of ice cream. Josh Hand. What's that, there? All right. Just, just because. That's good enough. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, that's a short one today, guys. I mean, yeah. we're still almost. Well, actually, most of this episode is just utter junk, so it's probably going to yeah, go well, a lot of it's getting cut. This is going to be under an hour, easily under. An oh hour. man, I love, I love how. Welcome to Living a Legacy. Should we go to Scoops? Yeah. <laughs> well, I love how we talk. Like I, I tell people, it's like, oh yeah, we we cut a lot of things from this episode. I'm like, oh man, can you send me the file? I want to let's do it anyways. I'm like. You don't. You don't want to listen to what we got. I don't want to. I don't want to listen to the stuff we keep. Let alone the stuff we got. Oh man. Uh, let's just yeah. let's just say. I mean, we stuff... talked. We talked a lot today, and none, none of very little of it was actually about legacies. Yeah. Let's just say the stuff we cut. We cut is what's called a snap mulligan. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yep. Right. Well. Right, Play Pat. us out with something sweet, Jerry. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not feeling the sweet today. Play us out with something no. like mediocre. Maybe a little. Okay. Maybe a little night bus. Give me some night bus. <laughs> I'll get like a hit from like ten years ago. Yeah. Can That'd you be... can you do like uh, I'm calling it now, just picking random numbers out of my head. Billboard number twenty three from nineteen ninety six. I want Billboard number twenty three. Anyone guess what that is? <laughs> Let's find out. Our listeners are going to hear it right now, but let's let's find out. Be My Lover by LaBouche. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Did you oh, say 23 I, or did you say 26, though? I said 23 no, from 1996. 
Okay, that's too bad. I actually fucking remember that song. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh oh, that's a good song, man. What? Uh, what? Where Where do you go by No Mercy? No Mercy. Oh man. Oh, I'm like looking. I'm like, man, this year sucked for music. And then I scroll up to number one, and number one is Macarena. I'm like, oh, that explains it. <laughs> this was like a big like dance hall music, like da- like you know what I mean, like oh, like a uh, Night at the Roxbury style. Oh, very much. Like, where do you go? That's exactly what that is. Like, Night at the Roxbury style. Oh, give me that, then. Oh, yeah. Give me that. Play me out with like, Where Did on, You wait, Go. <laughs> Coming to you, Billboard number 26 from 1996. Where do you go? Oh, you got to do it like Casey yeah, Kasem. <laughs> All right, show me how to do it, Adrian. Oh, I don't know how to do Casey Kasem. <laughs> I don't even know who Casey Kasem is, so you can't tell me how to do it like him. <laughs> uh, all right, play us out with something sweet. Where do you go? All right. <laughs> oh, God. I hope this episode never makes it to end. This <laughs> <laughs> is fucking terrible. <laughs> this is bad. This is bad. I don't feel good about that one. The song now. See. All right. And somehow we still made it to almost quarter of ten. I don't know that. Oh, this song? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, are you talking about LaBouge? No, no mercy. Where do you go? Oh, yeah, I told you. It's like straight up Night at the Roxbury. Oh, this like, is, uh, yeah, you definitely got to play us out with this. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if you don't play us out with this, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> oh, man. So bad. All I can think about is, like, my mom in Jazzercise class doing this. Like, oh, this song okay. is so good. <laughs> you know what? Don't cut the episode yet. So I, want, I want our listeners to hear this. <laughs> Slowly fade into the song. Hey Pat, Pat, is it okay if I think about your mom in, ex- in jazzercise class? Yeah, go for it, man. No, Have just fun. Around. Oh man, that oh, so good. What, what's "Be My Lover" by Labouche? Oh, I think I oh, know that song you, too. Yeah, it's exact. It's the same thing as what you just heard from uh, from No Mercy. I think it actually was at Night at the Roxbury. Yeah. Oh no, this one's even better. It's all just like, yeah, it's just so bad. Yeah, it's such a bad time for music. So much. No, you, it's because you're looking at Billboard. Dude, actually, you know what? Just out of the, for the hell of it, what was the source? Um, They're all the same, like, synth, same bass line. It's just different lyrics. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Man, I just want to go clubbing now. Let's see, top 100 songs of 1996. What's number one? Uh, Macarena. <laughs> yep. Macarena. Let's see. Mariah Carey, Celine Dion. Oh, Mariah Carey. Tracy Chapman. That was a good song. Bone Thugs. I bet you know that song, Adrian. Well, which Crossroads. one? Crossroads. Crossroads. Yeah, not one of the best. Tony Braxton, Keith Sweat. Jesus, this is like... This is terrible. Oh you, know what's, you, know what's, you know what's really... How old are you guys? I know fucking... Oh, actually, you both young. Do either one of you actually remember Aaliyah? I do. Yeah. Yeah. I every, every once in a while, I still like to go back and like just realize what a what an actual um, what an actual artist is like. Aaliyah, yeah. really? Aaliyah, Aaliyah, Aaliyah. Like So for this for this list, like one through twelve is absolute horseshit, and then it like thirteen through thirty is like good stuff, like Alanis Morissette, Whitney Houston, Brandy, Gin Blossom, Gin Blossoms are there. Right? I don't really know them. <laughs> Tupac, er, uh, you know the Dion. you know the Gin Blossoms follow you down. You know that song. 
Eric Clapton yeah. Change the World was kind of like what I'm a saying. Like, song, but Hello Cool J, Goo Goo Dolls. Oh man, Jewel. Oh man, this is like. Yeah, this is like when Jagged Little Pill like burst onto the scene. Oh god, man. Coolio, Gangsta's Paradise. Out of all the fucking, what, what you like that? Oh yeah. Because like all I can think of is Amish Paradise by Weird Al. Good. Yeah, it's always a good song. Oh, parody of it. Man. This song was like yeah. the opening song for like every WB teen drama. Yeah, see, you know the song. <laughs> yeah. Follow you down. I mean, 1996. I was I was 11 years old. Wait, when were you uh, born, Pat? <clears throat> 85. Ah. So 96, I was seven. Um. Oh, well, really? Yeah. I'm eight, I'm in, you're. I'm 89. Jesus Christ! No, you're not. <laughs> well, what? How old did you think I was? I, I thought you were older than me. Like, <laughs> like at least my age. Thanks, like, fucker. At least my age. Not four years younger than me. <laughs> I don't know, you're 26? Jesus, Jerry. Yeah. Well, 26. And you have, now. oh man. It all makes more sense now. Yeah, why, why I'm not, like, married and have kids and have my life together. Oh, not even that. I just, like, four, your general demeanor. <laughs> oh. General de- <laughs> Are you saying I'm immature or mature? <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, just, like, I get it now, man. I get the Jerry package. I get it. <laughs> I don't, Great. I don't know what that means. I don't know. Oh, I'm a big, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just said I'm going to my five-year college reunion. I, You know what? It didn't even cross my mind because I'm so old and senile. <laughs> it, 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 I wasn't even like, oh, maybe like Jerry just went to school real late, or maybe he was on the eight-year plan. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, I was on the five-year plan. I'm just going to the oh. to the four-year the, the, the four oh, reunion. <laughs> <laughs> me too, man. The five-year plan is the best plan in college. Hell yeah. Oh, my God. California love was 1996. Oh, man. Yeah, man. How is that not higher up the list? <laughs> Hootie and the Hootie and the Blowfish, Time, that was a good song. Yeah. Get Money, Get Money was fucking 1996. Wonderwall by Oasis. Uh, I don't know what the hell you're talking about, man. <laughs> Busta Rhymes got you all in check. All right, at least now you're fucking talking some sense. Outcast, Elevators. I don't know that song. No. Oh, man, Outcast, good stuff. Let's see. Street Dreams by Nas. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good song. Hmm. The fucking closest thing. Oh, have you have you ever heard fucking? I mean, I know you you know they went fucking back and forth, but you ever hear um? What was it? Fucking Tupac hit him up. Oh yeah, that's a fucking. He, he, he went over the music of Get Money. No, oh, that's such a good song. <laughs> this yeah, was fucking fo- the first time so, I heard that. I'm like, wow, that's fucking foul. Actually, A Love It was good back then too. Metallica until it sleeps. That's who, that's a good. Oh song. god, that was. And no, and the Black Album, fucking. I don't know, man. That shit. Wait, hold on. Los Del Rio has is Macarena at ninety eight, and it's at number one. How? Oh, it's a different mix. Oh, it's awful. Macarena what? hits number one different twice. <laughs> there's a there's a, the original and the remix are both in like the top one hundred of the year. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I was only eleven. Oh my god. god. Oh. Real popularity. Um, what what movies came out in 1996? When when did uh... Uh, Eyes Wide Shut? I know that because I watched it today. What a fucked up movie! All right, let's see. Let's look at this. Independence Day. So that's good. Uh, Mission Impossible, the first one. 
Um, Any, anything with Jet Li? The uh, Rock. Fargo. Jerry Maguire. Scream. Original Scream came out that year. That was a good one. Uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Ooh. When did Fast and Furious come out? Uh, that was that wasn't until like when I was in high school. Train Spotting, Twister, Happy Gilmore, Dust Till Dawn, The Nutty Professor, Cable Guy, yeah. Oh Space Jam, Biodome. Man, this was a terrible year for music, but a great year for movies. Oh, that thing you do that was a, that was a good flick. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, King, hey, you know, Kingpin. <laughs> see, you know the song. You know the song from that thing you do. Like the the like the. The song, like the of that the song, yeah, that, that song that oh, you do? was that written. Song. You know, yeah, you know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what was written <laughs> by the dude? It was written by the same dude who wrote Stacy's Mom from Fountains of Wayne. Really? Yes. I thought yeah. Stacy's Mom was written by Matt Damon. No. Well, no. the lead singer of Fount. Oh wait, no, I'm thinking of Scotty Scotty's Mom. Oh yeah. shit! The Fugees came out in '96. Cable Guy came out in '96. Uh, Robin Williams, Jack. Oh, that was a good flick. Swingers, D three, the Mighty Ducks, <laughs> maybe not the oh, best. Man. <laughs> oh, it was written. Uh, Romeo, and, Romeo plus Juliet. We watched that in school. <laughs> it, Sling Blade. Fuck, this is all staying in the episode, guys. Like, I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> you guys have to listen to this shit. This is great. Just reminisce. All right, play us out with some sweet. 1996 jams. <laughs> it's gonna be. We're gonna play the top 100. It's gonna be the biggest episode of all time. <laughs> Just play the entire, all top 100. <laughs> the entire top 100. That's, I feel so bad because that list is terrible until you get to like number 15. <laughs> yeah, but you're gonna have to go. You have to stick through it, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're gonna. You're gonna get real deep. You're gonna go into some No Doubt, some MC Light, Natalie Merchant, Melissa Etheridge. It's coming to you. I say Melissa no. I think it's a sign because I just watched Night at the Roxbury and Be My Lover by Labouche. Is feature prominently in it, and I think it's a sign. You have to play us out with "Be My Lover" by Lelouch. All, right. All right, you got a minute. <laughs> play me out All with right. some sweet Labouche. Oh, we should. We know what we should do is just pick. Do this again. Pick a random <laughs> year and a random number, and that's just our song. No. Oh, next uh, next episode, we need to get a D twenty. <laughs> Yeah, roll perfect. roll a d20 twice to find out what uh what song <laughs> well you could just do like a d20 and then like the number you just count back from 2016 good so it's all like still relevant relevant music yeah there we go <laughs> all right i think we've i think we've come across a uh a new regular on the show <laughs> oh shit oh man oh my fucking god <sighs> i just can't believe that mark rain is on here twice <laughs> Like, how did someone not see that happening and, like, shut down the music, music industry in 1996? Oh, damn. Yeah, I fucking forgot about 93. <laughs> I was eight. I don't know how much I'd remember from 1993. Do you remember Onyx? The, oh, the, dude, that was in the, one of the episodes, man. Slam Harder. The Pokemon? No, the fucking the, the, the rap group. Yeah, the Pokemon? You know... <laughs> Who slammed harder, Onyx or Vince Carter? Oh, uh, man, good old, good old Seal coming in at 100. Good for you, man. <laughs> hey, man, Kiss, Kiss by a Rose is like one of my favorite songs as a kid. I love that song. Uh, oh, Get Money, number 89. How was that not higher? Uh, well, here's the thing. is like This is like, if something came out in like the beginning of, of 96, and then I'm assuming it would probably fall down the charts like towards the end of 96. So I'm assuming that like, 
the original Macarena came out in early 1996, and then the remix came out like later that year. <laughs> yeah, but... and that's how they're both on the top 100. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably true. Right, but uh, yeah. Uh, Ace of oh, Base, Pearl Jam. Yeah, because there's some real good songs later down the list. Yeah. It's just a, this is, man, this is just a good list. Oh, Hook this by Blues stuff, Traveler, man. number 60? Come on. You know that song. Yeah. Don't tell me you don't know I, Hook by Blues Traveler. No, I, that song I can't, well, I probably know it because I know Blues Traveler, but. I know, I've heard one song by them and I can't even remember it because the lyrics were all fucking crazy. <laughs> That's probably the song. Is I it? I think they only had like one, one big hit. One song. They only had one song. Yeah. Here, it's their like famous song. It's this one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I probably know it. Yeah, that's it. You can email us at leavingalegacymtg at gmail.com or find us on Twitter at Mathematrixter at JMEE3RD or at Pat Uglo. Thanks for listening. Remember, play fast, not loose. Mm-hmm.